0: chapter 13 now we uh kind of finished up with romans chapter 12 i got it turned on now fellas so uh, oh we're working this time praise the lord um we're looking at romans chapter 12 last time we just got through really a few verses and i'm going to just uh, go ahead and read through these now in romans chapter I mean 13 romans chapter 13 verse 1 it says let every soul be subject unto the higher powers you know when God's absolute, that's what He is absolute. that you made it, Jesse, they, you know, that new route is gonna get you, huh? Kind of got you running. He is. Uh, yeah, I wrote him and, and asked him something. He said, he said, brother Hooker, I. He said I'm lost as a goose in Germantown, and so that's where you're delivering all around Germantown area. Do you have a GPS, Jesse, on your phone? All right all right it says uh, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers so that means every means I, i'm not sure we realize it but it means every right. it. you know by definition every means every and so every soul not so nobody nobody's an exception to it is subject unto the higher powers for there's no power but of god and that's why every soul is subject to it because the powers that be the powers that be are ordained of god Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. And again, that damnation is not like going to hell. That's a, a judicial judgment that uh, is talking about. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good, but if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger, to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake, for this. For for this cause pay ye tribute also for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing render therefore to all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due custom to whom custom fear to whom fear honor to whom honor now because we're you know we're kind of doubling back we had a couple of weeks in chapter twelve and now we're coming back to to chapter thirteen we'll just do a just tiny review but. But uh, but God is saying it here in Romans chapter 13 uh, that there are powers, there are levels, and because it's plural, when it says powers, higher powers, that's plural, and so there are, there are levels of powers. There are, uh, there are some powers that are here, and then other powers, and other powers, and they, they go on, and, and I gave you, gave you a little bit of the illustration. It's not an exact and a perfect illustration but kind of like city ordinances like memphis city ordinances and then tennessee state laws and then federal laws and so uh those are you know different levels of power and in when in when they're in contradiction then most often the uh the higher level court the higher level power is gonna is gonna supersede and so uh, and, and that's what it's really, God's really talking about. There's levels of power. You need to submit to all those powers. But ultimately, what it comes down to, nobody has any power except God allows it. And so all the power that they have is because of God and through God. And so uh, what ultimately comes down to, you submit to whatever, to the higher power. And so if a higher power contradicts a lower power, you submit to the higher power. But watch this. If however however high that human power goes, if God contradicts it, you submit to God, not to that power. And so uh that's ultimately uh what we were talking about during that time, and so the powers that be they're ordained of god they're appointed by god they're set by god uh, determined by god uh and they're they're put in place and, and it's such a hard thing for us to grasp but but it's it is just absolutely true i mean god uh the people in power uh are they're in power because God has appointed it to be so. You say, well, then why is there so much wickedness in power? Well, well, I can't, I'm not God, so I can't tell you absolutely, but I can just tell you that I know that historically and biblically God has used wicked rulers to bring people back to him. And so, uh, you know, that's just hap- and And then hu- humanly speaking, you get what you are. Uh you know that's just we we're, we're electing what we are you know I mean we want them to, you know we get upset because they don't have a good ethics and and good credibility but you know how's ours uh you know really i mean how would we be doing if if we we ran for office and they started you know the whole world started checking us out okay so um i didn't even want to come back to memphis <laughs> you know all right now uh now people Simply, though, but people, you know, in many ways we get what we deserve. God has been amazing, merciful to America in that there has been some seeking God and crying out to God during times of evil leaders. But we are now faced with these only three options. That's what I told you. There's going to be, uh, you know, either return of Christ, or destruction of america or revival i mean that's only three options we've got in america it's either return of christ and even so come lord jesus and i pray that most every night even so come lord jesus because that's our best way out of here and uh or you know the destruction of america and we may be part of that destruction and or revival comes to america and you know when i was praying up here for for brother tar and and I, and i'm just going to keep praying with i i told the lord i said lord until he takes his last breath i'm gonna keep praying for a miracle and, and until america takes his last breath i'm gonna keep praying for a miracle yeah. and so now uh so we we're gonna now look and i and i told you already that, that when it talks about if you don't obey these rulers if you don't obey these laws then you're gonna come into damnation which is judicial judgment and, you know, just it's you see it all the time. All you got to do is, is, is get on Kirby Parkway and Crumpler and, uh, you know, get on there stand a little bit. And just to, in moments, you're going to see a police car pull somebody over somewhere or be chasing somebody somewhere. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to come under judicial judgment because they were speeding, because they were reckless, because they were running a red light, uh, which I'm not sure. It's kind of like playing football. Did you know in any game, they could call a penalty on every play? And in driving around Memphis at any moment, they could stop somebody at any time, because nobody, they just run red lights. They just, you know, I really think they're a little colorblind or something, because I'm getting confused on the red and green. I was going to the airport this morning at 345, and that's just wrong. (laughs) You know what? They even have flights at that time. It's mind-boggling, but... But I was was heading to that airport at 345, and I came up to a light, and a guy was speeding beside me, and the light was totally red. It's not like it's changing. It's totally red. It's been red for about a quarter of a mile. And I looked, and I thought, he's not even slowing down. Well, I can tell you why, because he wasn't going to stop. And he didn't (laughs) right through it. I think, okay, that sounds like a good thing to do. And now, all right, so. Uh, that's where we were, just a little bit of a kind of a, a background. But uh, uh, now we're going to look. We look at verse 3. It says, For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou th- not, then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. Those in authority do not bring fear or place uh, us in fear. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, those in authority are, are only really bring fear to, to those that have violated the law. Again, if you're driving down the road, um, if, you're, if you're doing 80 and a 35 and you see a police car, you suddenly are a surge of fear. Anybody been there? Yeah. And you suddenly, it's like, ah, you know. Uh, but if you're driving 35 and a 35, you have no fear. You have no problem. And so, really, it's ultimately, it's, it's all we're really talking to. And I'm, I'm trying to scoot through here. But let's look at verse 4. Look for verse 4. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. So, he's the minister of God. And that's an amazing statement. But that's, that, that word minister is the same thing uh, like saying I'm a minister or, or saying any other preacher. Or, you know, God's saying, you know what? They, they are ordained just as much as you're ordained. Uh, they're, they're by my choice just as much as you are. And he says, but, but if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For notice says, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is a minister of God. And notice, whenever God repeats something, uh, he's trying to make, you, make it clear and emphasize to us what he's really trying to get through to our heads. And, he, and in one verse, he repeats this. It's not like he repeated this in a passage, but in one verse, for he is the minister of God to thee for good. And then it looks at it, he says, and, and not bear the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to, to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. So God is saying when you reject leadership, you're in fact committing an evil act. You know, we, we think, well, I'm doing right because, you know, I, you know, I don't agree with them. You know what? Until they do something or tell us to do something that contradicts God's law, we're supposed to obey them. That's hard, isn't it? But until they tell me to do something that contradicts God's law, I'm supposed to obey them. And so uh, the, the next phrase, in, in it, it says, But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. And and, and I, I love this because I love the simplicity of the word of God, for he bears not the sword in vain. It, it means it simply means he wears that sword, that weapon for a reason. God says, you know what? I got him armed for a reason. Do you understand why that police officer is walking around? You don't understand why that that the military man has got that you understand why he's like that? He said, That's not for show. It's there for a reason. And God's trying to get through. Do you understand that, that I put them in place and I've allowed them to have a weapon and they've got it for a purpose. So he said, you better be afraid because if he's got it for a purpose, he just might use it. Hello? now, Uh, Why does he have authority to do so? Because God ordained it so, and God has a purpose for him being where he is, and that purpose includes bringing judgment to the one that violates the law. You know, the the simple truth is there there are going to be evil people in everything, but the the, the most, look, most of us in this world, most of us are going to do okay if we just do right. If we just do right, if we just obey, and watch this, and if we don't do right, if we make a mistake, or if we even intentionally do it, then when the judicial punishment comes, that we humble ourselves and say, I was wrong. You're not going to have much trouble if you do that. You know, back when I was a police officer, it was, you know, I really, I didn't like writing people tickets because I knew how, how hard it was to come up with money. You know, I just, I just didn't like doing it. I, you know, they said we had no quota, but we had to write at least 12. Okay? And I said, okay, so no quota. And they kept emphasizing, we have no quota here. We have no quota here. We have no quota. You don't write 12, and you're going to be in trouble. Okay. Um, and so usually about, you know, whatever the 30th or 31st of the month, I was going to be out there trying to find somebody to write. Because I'd put it off all month because I don't want to write nobody because that's I I don't want them writing me, and I just don't like it. Now, if somebody's doing something dangerous, I got no problem with it. But for some knucklehead doing 11 miles an hour over the speed at at three o'clock in the morning when there's nobody on the highway, I really have trouble with that. I really do, you know. Uh, So, but I would stop a lot of people. And I would pull them over, and I'd walk up, and I'm just gonna, you know, give them a warning and say, "Hey, you know, you really need to slow down. You really need to be careful. Looks like you really need to kind of stop, and get some air, and wake up because you're kind of going everywhere, unless unless there's something wrong here." And so, uh, uh, you know, and I, I go there and immediately get up to the window, and they start cussing me out. Well, guess what? <laughs> I'm gonna write you. You know why? Because you're stinking attitude. Hello? And God's saying, Do you understand? If you would just humble yourself and realize He I've given him this, this, this authority. And just say, Okay, now there is a problem when they walk up and say, You know what you're doing? Well, let me help you. Just say no. Because sometimes when they're saying that, they don't know what you're doing either. And they're hoping you'll say, yeah, I know, I was speeding. Or, yeah, I know, I got a light out. No, just say, well, no, not exactly. Okay, anyway, so. All right, now, this is always hard, a hard one for, for how can an evil ruler be a minister of God to me for good? Doesn't that kind of sound contradictory? an evil ruler is a minister of God to me for good. God uses, listen, God uses good and evil to bring us to himself. He will use Ahab and Jezebel to bring the people of God back to holiness and righteousness. You know, sometimes we just, we got to be shook into reality and But if we do evil, if we violate the teaching and commands of God, then we should fear God, fear, for God will use the evil leadership to bring judgment to us. Look at verse 5. We have to move on. Verse 5 says, Wherefore you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. Now, again, this is a real really plain verse, and I just like the way God just gets down to the nitty-gritty the reality, the truth of the whole matter. And this is what he's really saying. This verse just strikes deep into the heart of the matter is what it really comes down to. You see, we as good Christians read this portion of Romans and we are are, uh, supposed to submit to our secular leadership. But what we do is many of us want to submit to our secular leadership the same way many a wife submits to her husband. And let me tell you how that is. We obey because we have to. Not because we're supposed to. Not because we desire to. Not because we want to do what God wants us to do. You see... We obey because we have to, but we do not like it. And anyone we can tell this very fact, we will surely tell them and tell them emphatically that we don't like it. Boy, I sure got quiet when I related this to the human relationship. But that's the way it, it, it is. Often, it's uh, uh, it, it, this is probably you know not be illustrated this more, but this is probably one of the main things that when Joe Beth and I, especially for years and years, would would counsel and conferences and talked to a lot of couples. Uh, you know, this is a, a big thing. They know what's right to do, and they fight even themselves to do what they're supposed to do, but they don't like it. And see, God says, that, no, that's not the way I want you to obey. That's not the way I want you to behave. I, I've said this so many times because Uh, I've, you know, I've had so many women and started out with even my wife saying, well, you just don't understand, you know, how hard it is that that God picked out the woman and said she was supposed to submit. And I look at, you know, do you understand? I I, one time said my wife and I said here and I was talking to her about, you know, she's going to speak. And I said here, try to explain to the ladies. Most of these ladies have one man to submit to. But when I worked at the college, first started working at the college, I had about 10 different people I had to submit to every day. When I was a brand new staff member, I I had to submit to everything, everybody, and I had to submit to everybody's secretary. (laughs) All day long. They're going to pick up the phone and call, call me and tell me, you got to do this and you got to do that. And, you got and, it's, and it's 4 o'clock, and I'm supposed to go home and tell jo Beth I'll pick her up and go to the girls. Uh, you know, they're cheering at something, and I'll pick her up. And, and at 3.59, I get a call, and, and we're going to have a mandatory meeting. We're going to stay for the next two hours. You say, do you have to stay? No, I can lose my job. And I would tell my wife, do you understand how hard that is? I've made you a promise. And now, Honor, do you know, you know who has the most heart attacks in business? Do you know who has the most? Do you know who has the most? Do anybody know who has the most heart attacks in business? It is not the clock, the guy who punches the clock. It is not the guy at the top who ought to have all this stress. No. It's the man in the middle who has to answer to all of them and who has to go down and deal with all of them. Because the man in the middle, if he, I mean, the man at the top, if he wants to, he goes to take the two-hour lunch and goes to talk to his wife. And if he was having a fight with his wife when he left, he could stay at work for an hour and say, you know what, I got, I got an appointment. And he's going to go... And go to his appointment, and he's going to go there and sit down with his wife at some breakfast somewhere and talk for a while. You know what happened to the guy? Uh, the guy that punched the clock. He may just call in and say, "Hey, I'm not coming today." Uh, you know, and so uh, you know, I got that the middleman got to find somebody to replace him. And, and it, look, it's so much. And this guy, when he punches out, if he does work, when he punches out, he forgets about everything there. But the guy making everything happen, he's got to stay till midnight if that man up top decides to go home and tell him to stay. You understand? You say, why do we get on that? I'm not sure. But then, uh, <laughs> But wherefore, wherefore, you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. And God's saying, look, look, don't. Obey them, don't submit to them just because they can hurt you, just because they can fire you, just because they can punish you, just because they can make life tough on you. Hey, don't just submit to them. He said, do it because of your conscience. He said, do it because you know I've already commanded you to do it. I've told you what to do, now do it. It's right to do. How's everybody doing? Amen. Amen. All right. You see, we as good Christians read this portion of Romans, and we, we are to the secular leadership so much like other relationships, like, like marriage. We obey because we have to, but we don't like it. But God says we're not to yield to the leadership because we fear the judgment that will come if we don't, but rather we submit because we believe it is right in our heart to obey God and to obey the rulers that God has set up to lead us. God says, yeah, and listen, can I tell you, when you get that spirit about it, it's a lot easier to deal with it. You don't stress out as much. You don't deal with as much. But everybody in this room has to submit to somebody. We all do. It, it just, well, anyway. Verse six. For for this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. And so now God's going to deal with money, and that's and boy, it's hard enough for us to just. Obey ungodly leadership, wicked leadership, but God says you're supposed to, unless, remember, unless, what's the unless? unless they are telling to tell you to violate God's law. If they tell you you know if if, if the law, okay, look, they can tell me all they want to that I got to support abortion, I'm not going to support abortion. Okay, I'm not going to do it. They can tell me all they want to. The law can be passed that we can't gather and congregate together. We can't assemble together. Well, we may not assemble in this meeting, but I'm going to assemble someplace with somebody. They may tell us that I can't go soul winning but, but I, and go tell people about Christ, but somewhere, somehow, I'm still going to do it because that's a, that's a God command. But now, for this cause, pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. So God says, pay ye tribute also. Now, tribute is basically uh, like a property tax. Again, the Lord speaks to us in a a common sense way. The tribute, the tax, is to pay or provide for God's ministers, those who have the rule over us, which in this case are governmental leaders who spend their lives bringing along and enforcing the laws of the land. God says, this is the job that they do, and this is the way that they get paid, and he said, so you're supposed to pay your tribute. They gotta have, they, you know, the labor is worthy of his hire, and this is the way the governmental system works, and so God says, you do it. You just, you pay it. Now, it says, without law, and without those who enforce the law, we would have chaos, so you got to have, the law, and you've got as much as they want to do away with every kind of law, as much as they want to do away with all kind of enforcement of the law, and as much as everybody wants to do that which is right in their own eyes, and believe there is no right and wrong. Uh, the, the fact is, is the more we do that, the more we're allowed to do that, the more chaos or chaotic country we live in. You know, if you if you go overseas and go, go there to Africa, and, you know, Josh just got back from there, you, you go there, and you'll find out they don't have stoplights. Okay? They, 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 don't, they don't have that. They have horns. And they just honk those horns, and that horn means I'm going and you better not. But the problem is the other guy's honking too. And they're just going to go. And they're just going to come in and out. It is chaos. The truth is, I don't know how it functions, but it does. And the reason I don't know how it functions is because normally I have my eyes closed. <laughs> now, without law and without those who enforce the law, we would have chaos. Every man doing that which is right in his own eyes. And so God says, you've got to have them. So if you've got to have them, they've got to be paid for. You work a job, and you get paid for doing the work that you do. Somebody's got to do this job, and they got to get paid for doing it, Right, Betsy? Amen. All right. Okay, somebody's got to, you know, and, and so it, the only way that can happen is if all of us pay a little bit. <laughs> all right. Verse 7, look at verse 7. Render, therefore, to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. And so uh, the Lord's going to hear just, uh, this is where so many people say, well, the Bible doesn't specifically say it. And God says, before you go there, let me just kind of cover some more of the bases because God knows us you did you know that he knows our minds and he knows that when it comes to money especially we're looking for a way out of paying it we're looking for well wait a minute he said tribute and, and he didn't you know he didn't say anything else so so I don't have to pay anything else I just have to pay the tribute and and of course we'll take it so far today is you know well you know we 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 don't call anything a tribute today so there's nothing named that but but He's going to simplify this for us. It's government's responsibility to protect our person, our property, and our freedom. That's the reason the government's really there. They're there to protect our person. As you know, when I can walk up and down these streets, and and hopefully because we got some sort of law uh, that you know that I won't be harmed. Uh, they're, they're we, I could be at my home or in my yard or whatever, and, and because we have laws, it won't be harmed. I can drive them down the street, and because we have laws, we can be out of harm. It, but it, it's also to protect my property so that somebody won't just drive through you, you know, my driveway, you know, like uh, a guy did. Uh, I was standing in, in just to the side of my house. My car was in that front circle in my house, and some guy in a truck came in flying, came in, ran through my driveway, ran around my the, my truck in the grass, and then came back out the other side and took off flying now i 'm supposed to be protected from that, but you 're not one hundred percent but the truth is, you know, we got cameras in the subdivision. I called them, and and they, they said, oh, well, you wouldn't believe it. We had a power outage, and just for the last 24 hours, there's no power, and we didn't get any video. So, but you know, the truth is, you have all these things in place to protect your property, but it's also to protect your freedom, and so we we we... I, we have our armed forces, or we have our, our police forces, and those things are to keep people from just coming in and taking us over, taking away our freedom. And so, now, the laws should not restrict our freedoms unless we use, listen to this, unless we use our freedom to take away someone else's freedom. And people say, you know, I'm free to do whatever I want to do. No, you're not. You're not free to take away somebody else's freedom. And, and honestly, that's what's going on today, uh, the attack against Christianity. You know, everybody's free to say whatever they want to or believe whatever they want to except a Christian. And so what they're saying is we're going to take away your freedom to believe what you believe and do what you believe in doing. We're going to take away that because we have the freedom to, to, to do what we want to do and your freedom bothers us. So we're going to take away your freedom. My freedom doesn't stop them from doing it. My freedom doesn't stop a homosexual from being a homosexual. It just bothers them. And so they want to take away my freedom to even say that it's wrong. Well, me saying it's wrong doesn't stop you from doing it. You doing it and saying it's right doesn't make me believe it. Laws should not restrict our freedoms unless we use our freedom to take away someone else's freedom. Laws should simply protect us from harm and from someone attempting to take away our freedom, our health, or our property, or our lives. So we have basically, again, these are not absolutes because of terminology, thing. but we have basically a property tax, which is a tribute. We have a state tax, or even in some sense, a sales tax, which is a custom. We have a uh, we have respect or fear that is to be given to those who have legal authority and we should give them, we should fear them and, and, and give them that respect, at all. We have honor, which is in actuality the price that is paid to those who hold high office of honor. The, you know, the, whether we like it or not, it doesn't matter. Uh, we, we went from one extreme to the other extreme uh, in, in our presidents. And so, but can I tell you, it doesn't matter who which one is in office, that's still a high office, the highest office in our land. And we're supposed to honor the office. That's what God says. We struggle with this today because there's so much wickedness, lies, murders, deception going on in our government at every level. But let's stop and consider who was in power. Now, listen, when this is all written, here's what I want you to think about. You think, Br- Brother Hooker, you don't understand, you know, uh, what it's like today. And, and, and it's impossible that we can do this in the government we have. When this is written, Nero is in power. Now, if you don't understand, Nero is like, like the, the top of the list. I mean, you're the, the Hitler of old, but worse. That's who was in power. And watch, it's not just Nero. You've got, you've got for, for years and years, you've had the Caesars who have been in power, who have been basically, their, their public lives and, and their private lives uh, have been just one big culmination of evil, wickedness, debauchery. That's who they are. And then Paul, as a Jew, knew well the persecutions and death that the Caesars had brought upon them. And yet, he's in that situation with Nero, the worst of the worst in power. And he's saying, Submit to him. Submit to him. That's pretty incredible. But I want to say this when Paul is writing this, and the incredible situation that the Jews are in, in captivity and slavery. That's the situation they're in under people that would would burn you, would would throw you to the to the lions, and you know, in colosseums, and let them let them devastate you and tear you to pieces, or would hang you on crosses, and and and, and light. The crosses on fire to, to bring light, like street lights, up and down the, the roads leading into the city. Well, this is the kind of evil that we're talking about, and even worse, every kind of sin, every kind of heinous wickedness that you can imagine. Here's what, what it tells me for a man to write that we should submit to the authorities. And to be so adamant about it and so descriptive about it, this is another evidence of the power of God and how Scripture has come to us by the moving of the Holy Ghost. For the normal man who had suffered so much and seen his people suffer and die at the hands of wicked rulers would hardly be able to so straightforwardly say that these people are ministers of God. You think about it. If you'd watched them being butchered, would you be able to stand up and say, they're ministers of God? That's what Paul does. That's incredible evidence that Paul is not writing this, he's nothing but a pen. And I'll de- end with this. Verse 8 says, "O no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled fulfilled the law. Now, most people, when they get to this, they'll think we've had a thought change here, but I really don't think so. They think, you know, they, they write about the fact that this is, you know, talking about the love of God, and, and it is, but I believe it's this, and just very simply, that I believe Paul emphasizes this whole thought, everything that we've been talking about, by saying, And concluding that we should owe no man anything, he just got through telling us you pay everybody that you owe. He said you you pay. We should pay what we owe, and what we owe is tribute, custom, fear, and honor. And he said you owe whatever you owe to him, you pay him. You owe tribute, you pay him. You owe custom, you pay him. You owe fear, you pay him. You owe honor, you pay him. And he said. And while you do it, he said, well, what about this part about the love of God? In there? While you do it. He's reverting back to what we talked about about conscience sake. He said, no, while you do it, okay, I've commanded you that, that everybody you owe, you pay him. But while you do it, no matter how wicked he is. Amen? Picked you for a reason. No matter how wicked he is. God says, I'm supposed to pay. He comes around collecting, I pay him. And watch this. And while I pay him, I love him. To me and they say, hey, I understand. I look at him like, right. You don't have a clue. But when somebody has been through what I've been through, When somebody has come through it on the other side and looks at me and says, Hey, I understand what you're going through and listen to me. There's a light at the end of the tunnel and we're going to get through this. You know what I do? I say praise God.